The year is 3306, and in a lonely ship headed for Hutton, the apology officer has their feet up back in a makeshift den in the cargo bay. With the controls locked for Hutton Orbital, there isn't much to do other than read through the weekly accident reports, highlighting the occasional line of text and tutting. The chair rocks backward and forward. Thirsty, the apology officer leans that little bit further back and pulls open the fridge. We say fridge, but the huge glass-fronted cabinet is a relic from the age of pre-FTL space travel. Humanity has no use for these anymore. Colonia being no further than a quick drive from London to Glasgow. Beagle Point, short road trip across Texas. Grabbing the last can of iron brew from the cryopod. The apology officer starts as something buffets the ship in supercruise. A passing beluga on the way to visit the For the Mug beacon. But the inevitable happens. The chair tips just that millimetre too far. The apology officer experiences the oh no second and falls backward. The door shuts, latching, and the timer on the outside coincidentally and conveniently for this sketch sets itself for some time in the future. Time passes. The scene changes. There's a hum. And the frost on the glass pane starts to melt. The apology officer is slowly rotating within the pod and then there's a ping. The door pops open and a beaming face steps forward and proclaims, Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Oh, what year is it? It's 3306. The galaxy's probably a very different place from when you arrived. 3306? I only fell into this bloody thing in 3306. The apology officer glances at the clock on the wall and says, Oh, how far beyond Hutton was it this time? Just as a voice echoes through the rescue ship. Good news, everyone. Our mics are live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another week of Trucking Good Radio, courtesy of Studio 5 here at Hutton Orbital. We've been abandoned by many of the crew, but that just means that this week you've got extra us. I'm here. Oh, you are? And you're here. <laughs> and he's here. And Ventura's on the magic buttons. I'm not all here, but there's nothing new in that. Time for the headlines. Fuel Fink fabricates fake flagon, following Flossie's fumbling fluke fragmentation fiasco. Bottom of the class, or in a class of his own. High seas, high crimes and misdemeanours. Be like Hutton, keep your integrity intact. It just lifts the lid on the Thargoid stew. And our enormous knockers is covering the loose knockers. Ever keen to expand her portfolio career, 
Flossie tried this week to discover the extent of her ability to leave things up in the air. Yes, the Pilots Federation's favourite pilot donned the brightly coloured lycra, mounted her unicycle, rode into the ring and started to jiggle, I'm, I'm sorry, juggle, with her precious assets, namely her fuel rat mug, a tennis ball, an emu's egg and her signed photo of Ed Lewis. All was well. She was demonstrating to Wrongway how she'd mastered the alternating toss, the two-in-one, which, as you know, is using one hand and two balls, then showing her snatch following a flash, and was about to show how she could make them bounce when disaster struck. The unicycle ran over Wrongway's foot, and startled, Flossie lost her balance and the items began falling from the air as if in slow motion. The egg hit the floor and made a nasty mess, further inconveniencing Wrongway as he slipped on it, and the tennis ball became lodged in his mouth as he opened it wide to yell. Flossie had to think fast. She could only save one of the remaining items as gravity took its inevitable toll. Should it be the mug, symbolising her selfless devotion to helping others and given as a badge of honour? Or should it be picture the picture of Ed Lewis, signed with that mysterious inscription, To Flossie, my favourite. Her head said save the mug. After all, you can put gin in it. But her heart knew better, and she grabbed the photo, clutching it to her bosom as she joined Wrongway in a heap on the floor, and her mug landed heavily on the handle, severing it from its body, which remained, luckily, intact. Flossie has not let this mishap phase her. She's already been seen sniffing around various underworld sites where mugs can be obtained for the right price, and no questions asked. We're not sure if Flossie will be attempting to pass off an ersatz drinking vessel as a genuine article, but if you do see Flossie, remember to say, we've got mugs, you don't. Any questions? As Operation Hot Mess surges ahead, one commander has followed what we like to call the Flossie Navigation Code and gone into reverse. If you visit hot.forthemug.com and look for look at the Hot Mess page under Current Events, then look at the total mugs delivered way, way down at the bottom, currently position 260, there is a Commander Rem clip with a grand total of minus one mugs delivered. Speculation has been rife concerning how this feat was accomplished, including Selling a mug back to Hutton? Nope, that was done by Commander Tailsy. Getting a refund for his mug? Sorry, no refunds unless faulty, and upside down handles don't count. Selling it on the black market? A concept only known to mathematicians known as the Nega mug? And most likely of all, getting a penalty because of exactly where he stuck it? This may explain why is it at the bottom of the list. In Tarius Fusion, the master of the code hamsters denies underhand and undercover dealings, but has coincidentally been seen in a new gold paint job for his ship. Scandal and drama on board the Aurora Australis this week, as reports came flooding in that the Silver Hutton mug had been mudnapped with the gold mug being sent ashore with the deputy voyage leader to cure Mawson Dock of mods. The silver mug was the only thing standing between the crew and all manner of nasty shipborne ailments. Would they get scurvy? 
or lose their space legs and end up painting the orange hull green? Would the ship's biscuits develop weevils? Commander Dogsbreath, voyage leader, sent out a number of very stern warnings to the culprit. All shore leave would be cancelled unless the mug was returned forthwith to its mug holder alongside his very important looking chair on the bridge. With no answer forthcoming and the entire crew beginning to feel a little ropey, Hutton received a message with a picture of the silver mug ashore at Mawson. The message simply read, We've got mugs. You don't. Any questions? With a little detective work, it soon became apparent that the guilty party was a rogue fuel rat and indeed had mugnapped this vital piece of ship's kit. Apparently, the mug had been talking to him in his sleep and insisted it wanted to go on an adventure. Our boffins have led us to believe that the fumes from the fuel can have strange effects on the human brain, giving fuel rats hallucinations, strange dreams, and causing them to hear all sorts of voices, uh, which explains a lot about Flossie. Refueling operations completed, the mug made its way back to the orange, roughly in one piece, and accompanied by a dog. Yes, the guilty party appears to have been told by the dog that it wanted to move house and insisted that it make the journey back to Davies. Unfortunately, Stay, the dog, was only discovered hiding in the voyage leader's office shortly after the Aurora had set sail back to Davies, so we'll be making an extended stay until he can be rescued by the next passing ship. Remember, pilots, don't sniff the fuel. And if you start hearing funny voices in your head, you've either been spending too much money with HCS or the space madness has finally taken hold. Hutton's integrity has been called into question once again. Whilst no self-respecting trucker would venture out on a mug trucking voyage without their trusty mug and a hull that's firmly at 100%, the paint's another matter, of course. Over the years, lax shipboard routines have left many a ship with hulls that have all the stopping power of soggy toilet paper. Hull plates and bulkheads that on the face of it look nice and straight, well attached, certainly solidly sealed, may, under the surface, be suffering with plasteel corrosion known as the rot. Rivets that look snug and tight might just not be holding things quite right. And the last thing any pilot wants is to see an unsightly bulge in their forward plates at an inopportune moment. This is a reminder to all pilots. Don't wait for your SOT once a year. Check your integrity every time you land, as you wouldn't want to have a smashing experience with your next cargo of Hutton mugs. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060 reporting in with the latest intel on the Thargoid War. Hackswing has been fighting alongside the AXI to finally lift the incursions in HIP 18613 and Evangelis. The fighting is still ongoing in Lembassa to lift the last incursion and drive the bugs back to the depths of space. The Eagle Eye network is still down, so there are no new targets being reported. But there's still plenty of work to be done, truckers. 
Operation IDA, or is it Ida, is still repairing stations, and there are still stations suffering from mods, so get tracking to fix the bubble. A special thank you is also in order to the lovely tracker who delivered the gin to the Gnosis again. We successfully subdued the Randy Boffins and they're back to normal now that Valentine's Day is over. Stay tuned for orders from Hackswing. Good luck out there, truckers. For the mug. Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hackscom Actual. Good news, Hackswing. We continue to win the hard-fought AX conflict zones and defeat Thargoid forces. HIP-16813 and even Jealous are now free of incursion. Only Limbus in the Witchhead sector remains under Thargoid attack. Hey, maybe they'll attack Lothlorien next. Or the shot. <sighs> Riley, you see that red light? Yeah, that means we're recording. Sorry, sir, I... Tell you what, Riley. You feel free to finish this up. Oh, okay. Oh, well, hi there, Hackswing. This is Corporal Riley. Uh, Commander Took had had to leave, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Sal Prospect and Lembus is still needing evacuation, so rescue pilots can help there. And uh, for those combat pilots who make it out to the Witchhead sector, you can help clear the AX conflict zones there. Well, good luck and stay safe out there, truckers. Keep your eyes on them signal sources and, and defend the mug. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. Encrypted transmission complete. Hello? Hello? Oh, bother. I've lost him. Has anyone seen my loose knockers anywhere? He's probably hanging around with his drinking buddies again. I'll pan him when he gets home tonight. Well, let me look. We're looking fine everywhere. Alpha Centauri's in investment and civil liberty, which is perfect for mugs. Ross 671 is a little on the low side. As for Colonia, the election is either going well or... Not very well. I can't decipher the Hanky's handwriting, but there's another outbreak to worry about in Doritos. Actually, it's going badly. Help the Hanky. And now, over to me. Me again. Not much to talk about this week, but the most important thing is the 24-hour broadcast by the Pilots' Federation as part of the Game Blast series of events. Starting tomorrow, all of our favourites from Shinrata Desra will be pouring caffeine, sugary drinks and performance enhancers into themselves and providing entertainment to the masses once again. They've been selling off everything they can lay their hands on, all in the name of charity. It's been said that they pinched the comfy cushion from under Mr. Braben's bum, the Don's favourite garrot and Mr. Benedetti's beard and are attempting to flog them on Galbay for charity. Other than that, don't forget that tomorrow is Return to the Rift 2 expedition and on the 27th we've got the Pop and Clops trip to Tharg, a black eye stalk. 
That's all from me this week. Bye. Thank you very much, everybody, and thank you to our listener for pointing out that, yes, we were a little bit quiet at one section there, but don't worry, it just means you've got to listen to the podcast. Um, we've got the usual show coming up. We've got uh, a bit of a talky bit. We've got, oh, powerful people with Commander Wotherspoon, um, Hutton's Top Trucker with Buck Naked, and, of course, Adam, some tunes to a theme again. And hopefully this week it'll be lovely and obvious so that Litho Breaker can get it. Because he's, he's off his form recently. So um, who's going to introduce the first one? I shall. Take it away. Here at Hutton, we do like a bit of spice. So here's one by Jerry Cinnamon. And it's a belter. That was the saltiest thing I've ever tasted. And I want to say a big heapy bowl full of just salt. Shh. We're alive. Someone sedate the apology officer. I think the cryogenics have caused brain freeze. Right. Okay. I think that's it. Apology officer has been carted off to the medical bay. <coughs> oh, dear. Right. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, it's us. And we're in Studio 5. There's, there's fewer of us. It's spacious in here today. But we've got... Uh, Whoa, Commander Ventura on the buttons. Good evening, Commander Ventura. Hello. We've got Palantir in his usual seat, leaving dents in the cushions. Good evening, and I'm collecting guesses, which are interesting so far. Yes, so all guesses on the theme uh, this evening to Commander Palantir on Discord or <coughs> Commander Palantir on Twitch or, yeah, there. Those are the two yeah, places that, that you need one. to be doing it. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. And talking of somebody who didn't have a frog in their throat, now is it Amelia's here as well? Now, Amelia, Hello. you you got the tongue twister. I did. Perfectly <laughs> flawless, seamless, seamless. But, yeah, this is this is always the way, and it's the it's same with me in my bit as well. Tripped you up on the simple stuff. Yeah, the simple stuff always gets you. Yep. But uh, no, thank you very much, and um, glad to have you here. Now, you're going to make sure that the uh, apology officer behaves, because we wouldn't want the apology officer to have to write an apology for the apology officer next week, would we? I will do my best, but, you know, uh, our apology officer is a bit feisty at times. <laughs> it can be, especially when, um, yes, woken up from a deep freeze that lasted all of about um, two days. And for those that were wondering, the apology officer has been rescued safely from overshooting Hutton Orbital by a day or so and uh, has been refueled by Commander Rampage and is now back um, at Hutton somewhere, uh, lurking around this studio, I think. And then, of course, next to Amelia, we have got Flossie. Hello. And we don't we don't just have one Flossie. We, not two Flossies. We've got triple Flossie this week. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you've actually got one... One half of your your, your uh, posterior on your chair and one half on Lou's chair and then your feet up um, all over the CCCGs, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, well, you like spread every... out here. Yeah, yeah, comfy, lounging, a chaise long sort of oh, yes. <laughs> thing going on over the other side of the studio there. <coughs> Sorry, that frog's still attacking me. <clears throat> well, I'll try and get rid of him. Um, so what do we have on the show this week? Well, we've got um, oh, all sorts of little updates, and we're going to bring you oh, a couple of bits of breaking news. Um, we've obviously got the latest on the Aurora Australis and what they're up to. We've got Flossie and the CCCG, and then we're going to hand over to the powerful person with the powerful people himself, Commander Wotherspoon. 
Um, I, I've got no idea which one it is this week. I know we normally pick it, and then I've completely forgotten what we picked after the show last week. So it's going to be a surprise. Um, and we've got Buck Naked with Hutton's Top Trucker, and we're going to see who's who's tip-top of the Top Truckers this week. Um, so what's our first news item this week? Mr. Palantir, what have, what have we got your first one there? Well, it's quite interesting. I think that um, uh, Major General Noctavakers has actually been very, very busy this week. Um, and one of the things that he's been doing, apart from painting his model ship and painting a certain PWAF, He's actually joined the Hutton Hall of Fame in the category that commanders that transported over 50,000 passengers. Uh, he's overtaken uh, Funky Abigail in this, and not as he just done 50,000, he's done more than twice that. Currently 100,339 passengers transported around the galaxy. Now that is a hell of a big ship you must need to do that. That, that's maybe, impressive. Maybe he's got a full-size version of the capital ship. That he, maybe that was just a... He was fooling us with a model. Maybe it was not a model. It was a full-size capital ship a very long way away. Maybe. Or some but, very small passengers stuffed in. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, Claire Helen's been very busy. Claire Helen's <laughs> Lego passengers, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we, did, we did notice Commander Claire Helen put a, <clears throat> a, new, a new thingy up on the Hutton Facebook page as well. Um all to do with the, the little Lego people. And I, I think I think Claire Helen's been taking liberties, you know. She's entitled to. Why not? I, I resemble And it's only with you after all so far. Yes. So, yes, a, a, a certain grey-scale-armed um, Sir Jorah Vanti and Mormont Game of Hutton model seems to have appeared with a big sword all over the Hutton Facebook page. And um, I tell you, I'm going to read what Claire says with ecm fast approaching the hutton minifigure squirrels have been busy creating a few gifts for commanders that have been a long time coming in addition we've been looking back through history to discover some more distant hutton relatives like the fine chap here well he may have been but it certainly can't be me it'll be handed out on the day to a few lucky commanders uh, do you want your own minifigure made and then buy some raffle tickets on the day and claire heller will be throwing in her services as a her services as a prize to design a minifigure of your choice for you or a loved one. So one of the raffle prizes is going to be your very own custom minifigure from Commander Claire Helen. Ooh. That's cool. My, mine's watching me on the desk here at the moment <coughs> with a microphone in his hand. His mic's not live, though, because he's only made of Lego. Got three yes. watches, me. Yeah, but it, it was, was it last year or the year before where... Um, Commander Claire Helen created that little diorama of the studio with all of the all the presenters in it, and then it was for ECM last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember <laughs> who won that one. Who won that one? A certain a certain Texan gentleman of our acquaintance. Ah, oh, right. So it's yes, adorning his desk. So whenever he's recording his um, Hutton's Top Trucker, he can gaze adoringly at little Lego men. And so and you women. should be able to take some photographs of it, shouldn't you? Shortly, I I, I will do. Yes. Um, Ish. Ish, yeah, well, the week before ECM. And talking of ECM, something yes. happened during Tell the Lave Radio show. And by the way, if you're bored on Tuesday nights, or in fact, even if you're not bored, tune into Lave Radio because it's our sister station and they're on Tuesday Sorry, night. if you want to be what? Sorry. <laughs> With a very sensible, I wasn't listening. Sorry. sensible show discussing. No, they're, they're, they're lovely over there and they have a Tuesday night show as well. So if you like this one, I'm sure you'll like that one too on Tuesdays. And you can find them on their website. Just search for Lave Radio. It's easy. Um, I'm not so sure we don't we don't co-broadcast that one actually through our channels as well. Sometimes we do. Anyway, um, what was their news, Vanti? And what was their news? Their news was that there was only one ticket left, and this last one sold as they were saying that sentence, and they had to backtrack really quickly, and then we we ran out. So there's were, no more tickets. No more tickets. They're all gone. 
Oh, it, but that's so cool, but so sad at the same time because nobody else is going to be able to come. Well, uh, no, unfortunately, no. We um, we went to do a site visit. So uh, Commander Asylum and I descended on Cambridge earlier in the week to go and do a site visit and meet the general manager. And um, we, we got told off extensively by the ladies who were playing bowls that we were in their peripheral vision and ruining their game. So we had to stand quietly and behave ourselves for a bit for fear. And their appetite, I should think. <laughs> well, yes. Um, and then we were met there by Mr. Flanagan and Mr. Benedetti. And then uh, Rob, the chef, came out and um, said, uh, oh, I've got a treat for you guys. This is one of the things that we're going to have on the menu. And brought a burger that was nearly as big as Mr. Benedetti out, handmade. And said, oh. do, you think, do you think the people coming to uh, ECM are going to like that? And we were too busy scoffing and going, and nodding at that point. Um, so, yes, we got to sample a little bit of the menu, the meaty bit of the menu. Um, and we can confirm that He's a talented fella, is that chef? So we're going to be very, very full. Nice big lunch we're going to have on the day. Nice. And, uh, for, for those of you concerned, or those those of you who are vegan, vegetarian, whatever, no, it's not all burgers. We do have the vegan, vegetarian options as well. So are they are uh, they made with a hundred percent real vegan? They are definitely made with hundred percent real vegans. Who's typing? No, I'm getting a message from Ventura on a big board. Who's typing? It's not me. My hands are nowhere near the keyboard. Anyway, um, yes, we, we went and had a look at the venue. It's it's a it's a different venue to previous because we're not in a hotel this time. We're actually in a um, an event space that's been made within the bowls club there, and um, we're actually going to be covering one of the bowling greens, which they've got um, boards for, which they use for events. And we're taking over half the building, the half that's got the bar, the restaurant, and the big event space in it. And we've got a little bit more space than last time. Uh, we've got a lot more people, so we will have 250 there. And nice. yes, they're all sold out, um, including Lots of Frontier and HCS and Spidermind and um, the community and loads of streamers. We've got um, Obsidian Ants popping in. We've got Colo and Psyche and Psykit and the Burpit popping in. We've got um, Mobius from the Mobius group himself um and all sorts of commanders you may recognize from back in the day back in alpha days right through to more recent players we've got somebody coming in from hawaii we've got commander blasted and his full motion rig and i bet you're all jealous now if you haven't got tickets because you can't get any anymore but for those of you who are coming there is lots going on there's some wonderful things going on in the raffle as well and we'll be spending the day raising pennies for special effect and for hearing dogs it's going to be fun so when you said 250 tickets sold does that mean nobody else can come? That means we've got a capacity of 250. Yeah. And 250 tickets have gone. <coughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Well, so, oh, God, there's frogs. It keeps attacking me. Somebody beat the frog up. Hang on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, right. The um, If we get any cancellations, there's always one or two who, for real-life reasons or whatever else, um, have to bail on us. So what we're going to be doing is looking at anybody who's had to cancel between now and the event, and about four weeks out, if we had, had have had any cancellations, rather than doing them piecemeal and one at a time, we're going to put whatever cancellations we've had um, back on sale online. And um, so we, we are expecting a, a little handful released between now and the event. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, other other than that, no, there's no more room. I, the, the building would potentially hold more people, but it would get too squeezy for... And too uncomfortable. You know, wheelchairs got to get about. You've actually got to be able to walk between the tables. The chef's not going to have a heart attack if we bring two fifty. He might have a heart attack if we bring a lot more. Um, and you know, it's 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 about making sure everybody who is there can enjoy their time by not overcrowding it. So, so 
Yeah. So it's a case of if anyone has missed their chance and they want to go, watch this space because some people might end up cancelling or bailing and a few tickets might be available closer to the time. Yep, absolutely. Um, whether it's, you know, there, there are currently uh, 14 coming from Frontier, if one of them's busy or whatever, <clears throat> we'll know closer to the event and we'll be able to release maybe one or two. But we're, we're talking small handfuls of, of tickets. Uh, we do know one person who is possibly real life has intervened and they may not be able to make it. So we, we know of one, but we're not going to do them piecemeal. We're going to do them closer to the event. You want to keep an eye on the um, ECM Elite Community Meet Twitter feed, which what? is t- twitter.com slash elite meet event. Will you also post a, a thing on Facebook group? It'll be on Facebook, it'll be on there, and it'll be on the official forum thread as well. So if you have missed out, keep an eye on those three or follow us or whatever you need to do. And um, to be fair to everybody, we'll put an announcement out there. And um, when that, if there is one, is gone, or some, then they're really gone, gone. So there will be no ticket sales available on the door. Don't just rock up, because it won't work. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, for those of you that have got tickets, um, your name's down, you're coming in. So just announce yourself when you arrive. If you've got your e-tickets, you can help yourself when you arrive, and your pass will come flying out with your choice of either your real name or your commander name or both on it, depending on what you ticked when you booked it, so you know who you are and you don't get lost, and you know who everybody else is if you can read from that distance. Um, yeah, we've got, I, mean, I think there's nine VR stations coming now of all sorts of varieties, some stand-up gaming, some retro stuff. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be good fun. There's lots of, um, squeeing going on over on uh, Twitter about it. We have one commander who's going to be celebrating their 21st birthday while we're there. So we're hoping to get a big crowd of us, give him the biggest sing song of happy birthday, possibly not in tune that they've ever heard. Um, there might be cake. You never know. Uh, lots oh, of commanders got nice. messages. Cake. Um, cake, yeah. <clears throat> Commander Griffstar is saying, planning a T-shirt with my commander name on it, so they remember who they are. Well done, Commander Griffstar. You, it's uh, always very useful if you've got one of those if you've had a very long night. You want to get it printed in reverse so you can read it in the mirror and find out who you are. Yes. Um, I've got a new shirt coming. <laughs> yay, Floss has got a new shirt coming, and you'll be able to spot everybody there and work out who they are. But it's, it's going to be really, really good fun. Commander Wotherspoon's going to be there. He's not live this evening with us. He's having an evening off, but he has sent us his recording. And we are going to be doing this very show live from the stage with special guests from the community. Nice. As we always do. What? Same script? Oh, that's well, easier, this, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the same script. We'll just send this recording in. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah, send this one in. Uh, and we'll just mime to it. A bit like Top of the Pops back in the day, you know? No, let's not <laughs> talk about Top of the Pops back in the day. Mm, no, we don't want to talk about the 70s, thank you. Mm-hmm. I was I was thinking, I'm, I'm not young enough to remember that. I, I'm, I'm thinking more the 80s. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so, um, yeah, what's happening a week before that? Well, a week before that, uh, I'm off to Texas. And I'm going to be doing some work at the start of the week, and then I'm going to get kidnapped by Buck. And then on the Friday, we're making a trip over to see the Alamo. And obviously, if anybody really wants to come too, from those that are going to be joining us on the Saturday, they're more than welcome to. Then on the Saturday, we are going to be having a bite to eat and maybe a few beers. And I'm just looking up the actual location of that. Um, I think you'll find that Mr. Marquez is emphasizing that this is a hut and beer meet where there will be food available. Yes, that's the one. It's the Hutton Orbital <laughs> Texas Beer. Now, we, we're calling it like a mini ECM. This is It's not an event where we put stuff on like the ECM in the UK. It's not big enough yet, but if it does get big enough, then maybe in future 
instances we can. <clears throat> so we're going to... Dun, 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 dun. I'm trying to read it. No, that's not it. Oh, it's, it's in Conroe, C-O-N-R-O-E, Texas, which is a tad north of Houston at the B-52 Brewery. So we will be organizing a piss-up in a brewery. That to come nice. on time. Mm -hmm. Yep, and then on the Sunday, we're going to be going down to, uh, Buck and I are going down to the Johnson Space Center. I think one person's already volunteered to come and join us, possibly, over at the Johnson Space Center. And then on the Monday, I'll be flying back to the UK and getting ready for ECM. Busy couple of weeks. It will be. But yes. Um, so yeah, that that is just a just a social. So we're getting together, having some having some beer, having a bit of a meet up. And uh, anybody in Texas or we can get to Texas is more than welcome to join us. I have been talking to HCS Voice Packs because one or two of the people involved in HCS Voice Packs actually are around that area. So we may get to meet one or two of their their Texan based colleagues as well. Right. That's that. The frog's got me again now. <clears throat> so I'm gonna while I while I while I go and kill this frog and have it dissected somewhere or. It, it is it's a mechanical frog don't worry um i'm gonna get rid of the frog i'm gonna hand over to ooh, um i'm gonna hand over to palantir again for this next bit because snoz sent us some information on something he did uh, we've actually got um thing that the campaign for the protection of rural england uh, each year they do a, a star count which is about seeing what can you how many stars can you see in a particular part of the night sky uh, from where you live to be able to get an idea of how much light pollution we've got. Now, this is a, a UK-based uh, thing, as you might think from the protect the England in the title. That's a bit of a clue. Um, there is, if you Google CPRE Star Count 2020, uh, from 7 p.m. tomorrow night, the idea is you get adjusted to the dark, you find Orion, and then count as many stars as you can see within the four main boundary stars, which are, are shown on the website, which I don't have in front of me right here, but I will have shortly. Uh, the uh, uh, Yeah, well, whatever. Yes, the four main boundary stars are... Well, oh, you've got Betelgeuse, Rigel, Orion, and another one that they're not mentioning at the moment. But never mind. You'll find it. It's the finding the Orion constellation, four corners, and three-star belt. Uh, and then basically, and remember when when looking up, don't fall yes. over backwards. Oh yes, yeah. And very and important. The idea is then, then, please, if you're going to if you're going to take part, then do that and submit your count results online, and that allows um, everybody else to be able to see what's going on and get an idea of how much light pollution we have in this country. And there's a there's a, a hashtag hash star count which you can use to share any experiences or photos, uh, and then you can see to see uh, online to see how your um, area compares to the rest of the country. See how good or bad the light pollution is where you live. Ooh, that's interesting. Or if yeah. you live in the wrong part of the country, look out the window and all you can see is street lamps and you look up and it's just dark. Um, well, of course, know, if it's it's, and if it's, if it's cloudy and raining, then yes. yeah, zero. That won't take very long. No. Anyway, anyway, yeah, so that's that bit. Um, and then we've got information from the Aurora Australis. Now, we were told off because last week we went into it in way too much detail because we're dead excited. So I'm going to try and do quick summary and then stop me if you've got questions. Now, some of it's very relevant to Flossie because it's all about mm -hmm. formatting as well. So looking through the sit reps first, they've unloaded 500 tonnes of cargo, which is very Hutton-ish. <clears throat> and then they had to get the fuel off and they do the fuel off by lobbing a big pipe ashore and then the fuel rats go ashore and they refuel the station so they have to come in really close to the shore 
And here we go. Uh, 1300 on the 17th. The ship's master carefully navigated the ship into the harbour and two IRBs. Those are the inflatable boats uh, that are no longer that are no longer RIBs. Is that the right way around? Because they they defrosted all the ice anyway. Uh, and three shore teams under the direction of the chief mate moored the ship uh, with six Dyneema lines. I have no idea what a Dyneema line. And they then ran out um, the big pipe and then finished pumping on the 18th when the lower fuel farm was complete. Um, and reading through reading through they brought a rock crusher on board so they've actually got their own ore processor um so they've got a big rock crusher they've uh, put back on board and uh, they did some slick juggling and they were able to finish cargo operations on the 20th uh, they transferred 20 passengers on board the ship so they're doing passenger runs as well um there has been an incident involving the station leader an irb and a guide dog which was mentioned during the news. Yes, Stay the Dog is no longer staying. Stay the Dog has been brought on board, and Stay the Dog is not staying. He's going to Davis, because they're heading back to Davis Anchorage. Now, before anybody worries, Stay the Dog is actually... Um, I suppose the closest thing you can see is is one of those, you know, the, the statues of dogs they have for the guide dogs for the blind statues. He's a big plastic dog. But oh, he goes all, he goes all over the, the world. the witty name. Ah, <clears> yes. <throat> <laughs> yeah, so stay, stay the dog. He's very good at staying, but he's and and he is covered in stickers from all over the uh, Antarctic, and he goes on his own expeditions. He has got his own Facebook page, I believe. He may also have his own Twitter feed, which we'll dig out and we'll share with everybody. But stay the dog goes all over the place. So stay the dog is now guarding the mug, because the mug did get mugnapped. We had a very plaintive message from Commander Dog's Breath saying, um, "Yeah, the silver mug, it's been kidnapped and gone missing." I hope nobody smashed it. I'm trying to find the culprit. Shortly followed by an email from the culprit, anonymously, to say, ha, 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 I've got the mug. And uh, seems to have gone on shore with the mug, <laughs> leaving both of them on shore and taking some sneaky photographs that the mission leader didn't know about. It then sneakily got back on board, attended a fuel rats briefing on board, and then got returned to the voyage leader, who then promptly got a video up on their Twitter feed, and there is actually another, I think there are another two videos now up on the Twitter feed. If you want to have a look, uh, look for at, was it at Oz Antarctic, AUS Antarctic, uh, with a few more videos of the mug and its ongoing adventures. Anyway, and the ship has now set sail and it's heading back to Davis just to check that they've not got mods again. Huh. Just, Am I supposed to feel jealous that the mug has a more exciting life than I do? <laughs> so just to let you know, Dyneema is like a... Um... It's like a really strong fiber. Um, it's like a ultra high molecular weight polyethylene. That sounds suitably like you could anchor spaceships with it. Very strong stuff. Very cool stuff. Used in a yeah. lot of different things. Because they can't, they can't actually anchor there, so they just have to sort of lob these things ashore and hold hold the ship in place while they do the fuel operations. You imagine trying to pump fuel from a ship that's floating and not anchored <coughs> across icy water. To the fuel tanks, I, I, it's, it's not the easiest of operations. Mm. But yes, so those super super strong ropes are perfect for it. So there you go, Flossie. Not only are they doing mugging, not only are they doing cargo transportation, not only are they doing passengers, they're also fuel ratting while they're there. Oh, very good. <laughs> well, we, we might have to talk to the fuel rats and see if we can find the team a fuel rat sticker to send them just for that part of the team. You see, they can be honorary fuel rats. Mm, yeah. Right, so yeah, obviously that was brief this year, this week, this year. <laughs> it only took a year for the last one. <laughs> this week it was it was brief, but they've got three hundred and forty-two nautical miles to go to Davis Anchorage, and yes, they are still surrounded by bogey bits and growlers. Moving on, <laughs> moving along. 
if you don't know what a growler is, listen to the podcast. Um, tune in okay. last week. Tune in, <laughs> tune in last week to find out what growlers actually are. <laughs> and, and looking for the, the invisible growlers, because they're deadly. The mind boggles. Okay, um, now Flossie, are you are you are you warmed up? Um, yes, thank you. I am. Yeah, you are. You are warmed up. And and which tune are we going to go for this week? Now, people said they missed the other tune last week. We gave them the "Do Whatever Flossie Says" last week, and there were complaints yeah. in the chat channel that it was the people missed the other one. Right. So, what do you think? Should should we give in to to the the pressure from you know the the, the audience? Conform. Not that anybody would ever give in to audience pressure conform uh <laughs> or should we just make them suffer and string it out for another week oh it could be a long time i suppose so maybe you should give them what they want yeah but one of them, them is draxor and she scares me no draxor's lovely um yeah. and scary at the same time um so so mr norm mc norm ha- have you got the initiatives one handy just to throw you a complete curveball there because the audience <laughs> demanded it <laughs> if you don't, don't worry. We'll have to keep them on tenterhooks. You do. You got the short. No, well, we're just we're going to give them a hint of a tint of the other flossy tune. So, in your own time, take it away. When the universe is in trouble, bug infestations in the bubble, your home stations burn rubble. What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar initiatives Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should Listen to what Flossie says. Hello, Flossie here. It's time to update you on the CCCG. Yes, the hot mess. Saving the galaxy from mods is moving steadily as we approach 57% completion, with more than 31,400 stations complete and over 10,600 systems totally mods-free. The top three remain unchanged with Doc Jack followed by Montgomery Python, then Rintwin Cymru, but Alter Ego is coming up fast and may soon take the number three spot. We've got 261 commanders who have signed up and we're running at an average of over 120 mugs per pilot. All stations within 100 light years of Seoul are now mods free thanks to the wonders of the Hutton Helper and the efforts of our wonderful pilots. Alvin sends his congratulations to Commander Doc Jack. Following the reminder issues last week, this commander has single-handedly completed the mugging of Hutton Colony in Warwickare, Hutton Dock in Dedarengu, Hutton Depot in LTT 2099 and Hutton Horizons in Rigo Sages. Keep up the good work, truckers. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. Ooh, I came all overall it's fifty sixty there. <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> That's me from this week. <laughs> Bye. Flossy told you what to do. 
that evil frog keeps jumping from person to person. Now, there, there is, he's going off like a, a frog in a zero G studio at the moment. I think he's floating somewhere around the seas. Who's he going to strike next? Is he going to get, is he going to get Amelia? Is he going to catch the Palantir by the Watsits? <laughs> we have no idea. Is he, is he going to catch the, um, yes, the apology officer? In fact, is, somebody check on the apology officer for us. Anyway, um, I suppose we better head on for the next bit of the show. We're going to go for a shorter one this week rather than the great big rambling thing we had up last week. So um, before the culture vulture that is Commander Wotherspoon, here's Vulture Culture by Alan Parsons. Powerful People. Encyclopedia Galactica presents biographies of notable people in the galaxy. This week, Lee Yong-Rui. If there's one thing Lee Yong-Ri knows about, that one thing is making money. Chief Executive of the Sirius Corporation, Lee is in charge of what is perhaps the wealthiest and most powerful organisation in the galaxy, with fingers in as many pies as there are pies to put fingers in. A sprightly, young, 108-year-old Lee, who is part of the Lee dynasty, who have been closely intertwined with the history of the Sirius Corporation for the past 750 years to Rotherwelling College, earning doctorates in physics, politics and economics, all by the age of 25, which is when he joined the Sirius Corporation. Within 10 years, he'd become their Vice President of Forecasting, the man entrusted with the crystal ball, and he quite correctly forecast that he himself would become head of the governmental wing of Sirius and, ultimately, the entire organization's CEO. Sirius governs by running star systems as corporate businesses. For members of the Pilots' Federation, perhaps the biggest attraction is the 15% discount on modules from the Sirius Gov base in Lembava and in other controlled systems. The Sirius Corporation is also the primary supplier of frameshift-drive technology, something that has made a bigger impact for trade and for the exploration of the galaxy than any other development in history. Even before the invention of the frameshift drive, Sirius was a prime mover in interstellar travel. The tragic loss of the Antares Highliner in 3251 was an early and uncharacteristic stumble along the road that led to the development of a then-revolutionary hyperdrive technology. It wasn't until January 3302 that the wreckage of the Antares was found, at the behest of Lee Yong-Ri himself, and by that time the drive technology had been superseded. It's not entirely clear just how the Sirius Corporation got its hands on this new frameshift drive technology, nor where it came from. There are persistent rumours that the Alliance developed the technology by reverse-engineering captured Thargoid ships, and that the designs were then inexplicably leaked to the Sirius Corporation. Because of Sirius, it's not just Alliance ships that have the frameshift drive. By 3300, Every interstellar ship in the galaxy had a Sirius manufactured frameshift drive. An excellent example of Lee's impeccable business scruples is his offer to work with engineer Ram Tar. In October 3304, Sirius offered to take over manufacturing of Tar's Guardian inspired designs from the technology brokers making the technology available to the whole galaxy and freeing up Ramtar to concentrate on developing new products. Despite Tar's rejection of such a generous offer, Lee was still willing to extend the hand of friendship. 
When Tar's base was broken into, apparently in an attempt to steal the Guardian technology blueprints, Sirius offered to help provide better security to help the struggling engineer. When Tar then accused Lee of having orchestrated the attack and provided tangible evidence having detained several of the attackers and having identified them as members of the Sirius Defence Force, Lee was not angry. Instead, he carried out a thorough investigation of his own and discovered that several junior Sirius employees had most regrettably decided to try and steal the technology for reasons of their own. Lee assured Tar that he would not tolerate such actions from employees of the corporation and that the offending officers might be locked up for a very long time indeed. Lee stands ready to confront the Thargoids or at any rate to sell outfitting components to those who stand ready to confront the Thargoids. He has pointed out that even with the Thargoids invading, pretty much everything in the galaxy has continued to function as normal. Our survival instincts and ingenuity, he said, will keep our societies functioning for a long time to come. And of course, we'll keep the money rolling in to the Sirius Corporation. Trivia Lee likes fluffy white cats and loves sitting in his black leather swivel chair. He keeps sharks in his private aquarium. He likes marshmallows melted in hot chocolate, but not the pink ones. His favourite author is Barbara Cartland and his favourite band is Brotherhood of Man. His favourite colour is blue and his favourite joke is, you cannot be serious, because I am. Tune in next week for another of the galaxy's powerful people. Boy's well, sharp. Yeah, he's, he's definitely sharp, though, Mr. Wotherspoon. Those facts, I don't know where he found those from, who he's been speaking to, where he's been snooping. Mm -hmm. I, if they've got freaking laser beams, isn't that... Isn't that isn't that the sharks or the jets? I can't remember. No. Or was it the jets? No, it wasn't. Wasn't that a um, an Austin Powers quote? Sharks, sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. And of course, that's the link to Alan Parsons. No, it's not, because um, that was the name of his big laser, wasn't it? The Alan Parsons project. There you are. <laughs> that's my. That, uh, it was. That, that's my trivia for the day. Um, right. So uh, m moving along, we've had a few more guesses. We're not going to talk about the guesses yet because we've got more coming up. And we've got another tune which might help some of the, the bumbling commanders clutching at straws. We're looking at you, Falco Took. Um, get a better handle on the theme for this week. So, uh, Palantir, sir. That's me. Do you want to take it away? I would love to. Where would you like me to put it? <laughs> right there. Into the <laughs> okay. Microphone. All right, it's time for Hutton's Top Trucker, brought to us by Buck Naked. He is as handsome as Scott Tracy. He's got the cargo capacity of Thunderbird 2. He can hold his breath longer than Gordon Tracy and Thunderbird 4 with a canopy breach. His ex-wife wishes he was in deep space on Thunderbird 5, and he's got the brains of, well, brains. To introduce Buck, our next tune is Thunderbird 1 by the Mr. Ons. Trucker, if you can't turn a profit, then 
for Lacon Spaceways. Back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as a sake hangover. Ugh. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yee-haw. Oh, my head. From the Explorers, jumping around like them bullfrogs down by the creek, Commander Short Engineer 78 jumped over 203,175 light years, putting all the bowl's efforts to shame. Commander Kuroi Kasume, who must have fed me this sake, decided to keep pulling the trigger finger and wound up turning the despicably dirty do-batter Don Antonacci and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust again this week. He racked up another 68.1 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of each and every one of the Don ships for the third week in a row. Running missions like no other, our Major General Nocti racked in 551 mission points this week, climbing back into first place. Loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling it to the brim, Commander Ninja hauled over 89,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy. Commander Rod UW came in a very, very close second as well. Keeping control of the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, we got our Major General Nocti delivering 14,380 passengers around the galaxy. That's four weeks in a row now. This one hauling 3,000 more than the last. Apparently, he's trying to help spread the latest disease the successor to the coronavirus, named the Dos Equis virus. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Brett Riverboat in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds. But the fastest run to Hutton Orbital in February is held by Commander Doc Jack in 1 hour, 23 minutes, and 4 seconds. Oh, and our worst run to Hutton in February is held by Commander Helt in 14 hours, <laughs> fall asleep, 14 hours, 40 minutes, and 29 seconds. Looks like someone got distracted by the moonshine still out behind the barn. Well, if y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, <laughs> 
think you can fly any slower than that, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy that come with your very own blow-up Psycho Cow doll. Now, with extra holes. Yeehaw! Right, now, Mia, is that any better? It's like a party in my mouth, and everybody's throwing up. Look, it's supposed to taste like that. <laughs> I'm sure it's supposed to taste like that. Oh, it's castor oil, isn't it? Anyway, no, you see, I'm going to do I'm going to do a swap here because um, I, I, Palantir was supposed to read the next link and then I was supposed to read the link before, but there's a word in the middle of this one that I can only read by saying it with a rude word in the middle of it. So I'm going to make Palantir say it because he obviously knows how to say that word properly. I probably don't, but never mind, I'll go for it. <laughs> you know which one? <laughs> here's, a, here's our little, little facts here. The, the sea mouse, or... Aphrodita is a genus of marine polychaete worms found in the Mediterranean Sea and the eastern and western Atlantic Ocean. The name Aphrodita apparently comes from a supposed resemblance to female genitalia, whilst the name sea mouse may come from the supposed resemblance to a bedraggled mouse when washed up on shore. Either way, I think it tells us far too much about the people who get to name these things. I think the messages from the Antarctic are beginning to get to us. But let's distract ourselves, and please try not to think about what I've said during Vogons by Seamouse. OK, OK. Let's give up with the medication. How about a nice Tunnock's dark chocolate tea cake? Just shut up and take my money. <laughs> well, that sounds like the uh, apology officer's back to normal there at last. Yes, it looks like the frog has now jumped to Commander Ventura as well. Um, yep, it's jumping. We, we, not got flossy yet. Oh no, you have got. Have you got flossy yeah, yet? Have you been had frogged me before? Yes. You've, yeah, you've been frogged, Amelia. I don't know. Um, a little, but um, I mean, there's a bigger question here. Um, they do tunnocks in dark chocolate. Yes, oh, they yes. do. Yeah. Well, oh in which my case, god, I need this in my to... life. A place so, yeah, order. I've had to stick somebody that bring chocolate in because yeah. they are the best. Yeah, so somebody put put an order in and bring so some dark chocolate ones. Espe- especially yes. for Galactic Midden, he loves them. Oh, Cal Midden, we haven't seen Cal Midden in ages. Oh well, I'm sure we'll see him sooner or later. It's because I don't go to Lavecon because of work. Boo. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're getting towards the the end of the show. We we, we will try Amelia and and see whether we can round up a dark chocolate. Tannock's tea cake, especially for you over at Easter. If you look in the I shops, they're coming a, a blue packet rather than a red packet. A blue, okay. Uh, I've never seen them before ever, and I, I need these in my life. Uh, my, my local my local petrol station actually does Tannock's tea cakes. I don't know why a random petrol station down here in Southampton might do, but anyway, I I haven't yet braved buying one because they just yeah go straight to my straight to my waistline. <clears throat> we should, we should well, get them uh, given to us now after the advertising was just done. The thing yes, is you anyone, can get... anybody from Tullox listening. <laughs> thing is you can get the milk chocolate ones everywhere, but I've never seen yeah. dark chocolate. Oh yes, oh, well. you can get. Them. 
There, 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 there you go. Well, the, talk, talking of the the bakery side of things, we we had a theft. Not only do we have mug napping, we had a theft this week as well. There's a very tubby looking, satisfied looking postman walking around somewhere the not too far from uh, Palantir's house, well, or near your mother's house. Well, yeah, somewhere between the two. But yes, yes. robbery, daylight robbery, hand baked goods made by Mrs. Palantir have been kidnapped and stolen. Yes, a challenge was oh, set. A challenge <gasps> was set. Um, to try and reproduce some uh, some uh, Spanish um, biscuits, or Argentine, yes, Argentine biscuits that that uh, that Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Vantian Senior had brought back, and uh, my wife was challenged with making replicas. And as a first go, they weren't too nom, bad. Nom, we nom, nom, posted nom, nom, nom. posted one out to Vantian and one out to his mother, and I think actually he probably got in the way and had both of them. Because no, there was only one, one turned up, share. one didn't. Mm. I had to share with my son as well. No, they're they're uh, they're a particular um, sweet delicacy, um, a version of which is made down in Argentina, the South American delicacies. And um, yes, Mum remembers them from her own youth and has been desperately trying to to recreate them herself at home because importing them and you do have to import them to get them is really expensive, and um, they're never quite the same as freshly, not freshly made, but you know what I mean, recently baked goods and um i think she'd have been impressed too because they were delicious others have been delicious. tested and there, yes. and there will be a third batch coming up and at the very least there will be some coming to uh, to ecm certainly um, they're mine Ooh. they're all mine you can't mm-hmm. have one <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay. there will be there will be in several batches and at least one batch will have um Mantel's mother's n- name on it and she'll know it's coming so uh you don't want to cross that woman. It it makes makes Flossie's no. frying pan <laughs> look like a child's toy. Yes. Well, what was it? She still played tennis up till recently, three times three times a week with the, with the veterans. Has got a right arm on her. <laughs> Ouch. Yes. You wouldn't want you wouldn't want to get panned by Mrs. P. Ouch. No, I wouldn't say it wouldn't be a light ding. You'd have to throw the pan away afterwards. It, oh, like that. Yes. It would be it would be properly dented. But oh, there might be some at ECM. Yay. And they come in two varieties. Ooh, they come ooh. in the chocolate yeah. ones, Flossie. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the not chocolate ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Chocolate. Yeah. Well, may, maybe we might let Flossie have one. Possibly. Uh, maybe we'll sit there on the stage during the live show. And we'll have one each on the stage and just lick our lips and scoff these things in front of the audience <laughs> just to be evil. Yeah, it'll probably put us to sleep. Well, I don't know, the sugar hit might wake us all up. Anyway, right, well, we, we've had a... It's been a shorter show this week. We had fewer presenters, and, um, well, I was deliberately made to make the Aurora Australis bit a little bit shorter. We have had... Uh, there's been a few messages from um, Commander uh, AC Hunt, Anthony Hunt, who makes all of the wonderful schematics that some of you may have seen. I, I did um, message him about that, but I haven't had a reply yet. Oh, it's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to him. He's been busy. He's got a lot of them to get through, people who were helping him with the software upgrade he needed, and he's been making lots of custom things for people. But he's also uh, making some special stuff for ECM. I believe he's coming to ECM, and he's making super, super special Hutton and ECM special editions um, for it as well. And it's very likely we're going to have some of those print books we had a couple of years ago where every single one of the blueprints is 
in a, in a ring-bound booklet. I think there are 60, 65, 66 pages, something like that, of all of his schematics in one booklet, and there are going to be a bunch of those in the raffle. He's done special uh, special effect uh, colorized versions as well, which are uh, beautiful. I've seen pictures up on his, um, on his Twitter feed. There was one commander who put up a question, which was, uh, never been too keen on the Anaconda, but if that description was correct and it could carry and deploy a Sidewinder, I would totally buy one, because the descriptions of the ships are actually on the posters as well. Um, to which uh, Anthony replied, it says up to the size of a Sidewinder. Read the small print. So many didn't, and took their condors back to the showroom. Hence the free anaconda at Hutton Orbital, the disposing of shop-soiled stock. There are free anacondas here? Of course not. There are a hundred credits. We've got to make profit somehow. I know. We, we've, we've got to just make sure they're, they're not big enough for a Sidewinder. So yes, to the, to the commander who is... Um, Oh, no, and somebody else is demanding they should still be able to carry a hauler. No, they can't, okay? They carry little fighters, and little fighters only. Anyway, um, but those those schematics are actually going to be uh, available in the raffle. And uh, super, super special somethings coming as well from uh, Commander Anthony Hunt. So thank you very much, Commander, and we look forward to seeing you there. Actually, talking of the creative, there's a load of creative people going, because we've got um, Beetle Jude with the paintings, and uh, Anthony with his schematics, and then we've got um, musicians. We've got John, who um, we played last week, I think, but also sang the Gluttony Fang song for us. We've got Defoe from the boarding crew coming along. We've got Lego creators, Claire Helen. We've got, I mean, there's, there's a lot of creative talent going to be there, actually, at the, uh, the event, too. Looking forward to it. So, the theme. Yes. The theme. Flossie. We- oh, go on then. Yes. Hello. No, no, now we're, we're going to we're giving them a chance. We had a few guesses in. Should we, should we should we give it away and then do the guesses? Might as well just do it all in one big yeah, swoop. Because Lithobreakers, I've been having um, discussions with a Lithobreaker, and it's got so close, but not quite well, it's there. Not, not really exact wording. There is a link between all of these. I I, I think when we come to it, that Lithobreaker is darned close. I just haven't had all the links from him, but he's actually come close enough, in my opinion, to. To actually doing it. Well, so. what we'll do is we'll we'll read all of the um, tracks out um, with the emphasis on the right words, and then we'll give away the theme and how they link, and then we'll we'll check the guesses to see how far away Falco took was. I mean, sorry, how close everybody else was. So, um, Flossie, the our first tune this evening. That was Belter by Jerry Cinnamon. Okay, and Amelia, the second one. Vulture Culture by Alan Parsons. And Palantir. Thunderbird 1 by The Mysterons. See, that one confused me because Thunderbirds didn't have Mysterons. That was that was Captain Scarlet. That's mixing Star Trek and yeah, Star, Star Wars. Wars, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And Stargate. And Sacrilege. The, the last tune was Vogons by Seamouse. Um, so what, what, was, what was the theme? What, what links all of these things? Well, they are all... Alien cultures, well, space civilizations of some sort. Yes, they're all they're all science fiction of one variety or another. Um, yes, space civilizations. Some of them good, some of them bad, some of them worse than others. Vogons being one of them. So yes, the first one, uh, Flossie. What what's the link on the first one? Do you know? Uh, the link um, was the Belter. The Belters. Hands up, anybody knows where Belters live? Oh, in their belt. series in the Expanse. In the expense, yes, and Amelia, the the second one from culture. Mr. Parsons, the culture. Where is the culture from? Well, culture. I mean, it, it's a reference to cultural beings. Ooh, the culture. 
with a capital T and a capital C. Oh, the culture. The culture, yes. They, no they would be from the books of Ian M. Banks, the science fiction books of Ian M. Banks. Okay, um, tell Big me more. Space Phone Culture. Yep, well worth reading those books. Unfortunately, he sadly passed away a couple of years ago, but his science fiction is absolutely exceptional. What is the science fiction name? Or the, I mean, it, it, they're, they're known as the sort of the, the culture novels. They're all around this big, yeah, spacefaring. The trouble is, it's not always about the culture, but it, it's in this this universe around the, the culture, who are, I suppose, an evolution of humanity out in space, and it, all these AI spaceships. And you may find, if you read it, a lot of the names of um, the vessels used by SpaceX, you know, the, the rescue vessels. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I don't have a clue. And, and you know, names like that are the the AI spaceships name themselves things. Um, and uh, SpaceX and Elon Musk. I'm going to need um, to look this up. Use all the names from Ian M. Banks's books for their their um, their vessels. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, I'm just looking it up actually. SpaceX references. Here we go. What what, what do they call them? Yes, there's. I'm trying to I'm trying to find one. Anyway, lots of their ships are named after. The, the drone ships and all sorts are named after. Here we go. What we got the names? It's uh, hasn't forgotten the great ship propelled us out of the stratosphere. Uh, just read the instructions. The spaceport drone ship is called Just Read the Instructions, which is the name of one of the AI vessels in um, the culture novels. And these spaceships will talk to each other as well and have, you know what I mean? They, they have they have personalities of their own. And um, then all the human beings are almost like spare parts, but they're integral to the stories. They're really good stories. There's one which, one book which is written entirely um, phonetically rather than spelt in proper English. And um, you, you start reading it, and it, it's hard. You read about five sentences in, all of a sudden your brain switches into reading everything um, phonetically, and it's it's genius. It's absolutely brilliant. But anyway, so those are the books at Ian M. Banks. And cool. Lithobreaker says, Amelia, start with player of games, not oh, yes. uh-huh. consider flilibus, whatever. Consider flibus, yeah. Accession for me is the best one. And, and out, uh, the description of an out, outside context problem, basically what, what happened to the Mayan civilizations when, you know, the rest of us all turned up, when something so technologically beyond what you are turns up. Um, it often ends up in extinction, and it's called, he refers to it as an OCP, an outside context problem. And it's it's a fascinating a fascinating novel, that one. But Player of Games is actually my favourite. It's it's brilliant. There you go. So we've got that one, that one, and then the third one. Um, who who hasn't uh, explained one yet? Palantir. This one's easy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the the, the third one, of course. Uh, the fourth one. Vogons. No, the third one. Oh, third one, sorry. No, I did that one. Did you? Oh, explain did it, you? sorry. Yes, well, this. Oh, can I do this right I haven't got one to make it This detailed. is with a lisp. <laughs> this is the voice of... Of the Mysterons, we know you can hear us, Earthmen. Yes, the Mysterons. Or something like that. Yeah, we're the we're the Martian civilization that we're trying to exterminate, Captain Scarlet and Captain uh, Scarlet and and the Earth. And um, then, of course, it remains for me as as a yes, um, a purveyor of bad poetry. Often, Uh, the Vogons and the Vogon Destructor Fleet. Know that one? <laughs> you know that one? Yes, they 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 had banned poetry and they were trying to bulldoze Earth. Oh, they did bulldoze Earth to build a big highway. Flat noses. Yeah, yeah. but because <laughs> yes. of the indigenous uh, life forms on the planet that keep whacking people in the face whenever they have a thought. Ouch! <laughs> you line them I up and Flossie knocks them down. Angry with <laughs> yes, um, so the, the, the Vogons clearly must be some form of space civilization. After all, they've got poetry, and that's civilized-ish. 
Um, so yes, that that was our theme for this week. The guesses then, uh, Flossie, do you want to take the, the first guess, the very top one? Yeah, uh, first guess from uh, Commander Falkortuk. We start obvious with the guesses. The Expanse, Belter. Well, and that was yeah. after just the first tune, so yeah. And that was the first tune, but um, we don't know whether Falco got any better than that. And then Amelia, the, the second guess. Second guess was from Lithobreaker. He said, so, for fun, let's start the bidding with delicious coffee syrup flavours. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a Vogon Frappa Latte skinny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh dear, what a horrible idea. And um, then, oh, what have we got? Yes, Mr. Palantir. Yeah, Litho Breaker started to make some progress. It's a sci-fi book series, which was actually quite interesting after the first two were both uh, book, because obviously The Expanse started as a very good series of uh, of books. Yep, Um, and still is going. There's a new one coming out this year. Yep, but not not quite, because then we threw you with our misterons and then we go back to Folko took second guess it was yogurt yeah sorry I've got to explain that one cinnamon uh, some accounts suggest that uh, Mughal Indian Emperor Akbar's cooks would flavour yogurt with mustard seeds and cinnamon culture bacteria cultures are used to make yogurt from milk and he didn't expand any further on that one that's you're going further away Folko you were close but you've gone further away mustard and cinnamon yogurt I may have to try it now <laughs> it sounds interesting won't go well on my muesli mustard seeds and cinnamon mm. okay and then the the final guess on the list then we go back to flossy um commando Shadowstalker is today's theme dangers of long distance relationships while traveling deep space and that was based on some of the lyrics and i said don't bother listening to lyrics because the the guess is never going that deeply. Mm. Uh, we have done in the past, but no, <laughs> not not this week. I'm just um, trying to trying to link some of these in my head from the lyrics, but no, I, it really really isn't working. So did did anybody get close, Mr. Palantir? Yes, Lithobreaker did come up, and I was trying to prompt him to come with the exact thing, but he did say sci-fi aliens, yeah, which is pretty culture. close, I think. Yeah, they are all alien cultures. I mean, yep. the culture have evolved far enough, I suppose, and the, and the Belters, yeah, they've evolved. Would they count as a dip? Yeah, different civilization, maybe not not alien, not not, necess- not not yeah, not non-human. But that wasn't what we said. Alien, al- yes, aliens not else. being not not yes, alien from us would be non-Earthers. Yes. Oh, there's, and there's some more sci-fi coming out this week as well because we've got series two of um, Altered Carbon coming out soon real soon which i'm looking forward to i haven't seen the first series yet and they're also based on some fantastic books by are they richard morgan i think those ones possibly i'm sure the chat channel will tell me if i'm wrong but another set of really really fantastic science fiction books so we're all a bit sci-fi this year uh, this week yeah i've had years on the brain this week i don't know why and the frog's jumping around again. He's got Ventura. He's got everybody. Um, we're going to go and chase the frog around. But anyway, um, remains for us to say thank you very much, everybody. Uh, don't forget the 24-hour stream um, from Frontier as part of the Game Blast thing, which is starting tomorrow, I think. Um, yeah, yes, and we yeah. should we should um, say um, on Mr. Wotherspoon's behalf, thanks to Toko So for his music. Because oh, right. a, a, a attribution in there, the tracks in tonight's powerful people were overstellar and illiteracy is sexy. Uh, well, thank you very much for allowing us to use those tunes with um, Commander Wotherspoon's recordings. 
Uh, I'm just looking for a, a live stream announcement thread as to what time we're starting tomorrow. Here we go. Uh, Bum cock, is it? Lunch? Is it a lunchtime start? Oh, I saw something earlier. No, you see, I'm clicking on news and bulletins, and I'm sure it's there somewhere. I'll tell you what, let's... let's Paige posted earlier, because she's yeah. in it. Um, let's have a look. For, I'm, gonna, I'm looking on Twitter, you look there, and we'll find out what time it is between us. Dun, 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 dun. Here we go. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch and join us from 12 o'clock UTC Galactic Time on Friday, the 21st of February, for the kickoff of our 24-hour Game Blast live stream, twitch.tv slash Frontier Developments. There you go. They have a goal of reaching £30,000 for special effect during the event, and they're going to be releasing sort of little bits of information and maybe some prizes and all sorts. I think every thousand they raise, they're going to release. It could be a new video, or it could be from some of their games, or it could be giveaways, all sorts. I think for every thousand they do during the 24-hour stream, they're going to be releasing something interesting. And it's it's also Paige's last day tomorrow. Yes, Paige did wish us a very fond farewell over on our Discord channel earlier today. And we've said bye-bye with a tear in our eyes. But good news, Paige is coming to beat us all up at ECM. Not that Yay. I'm rubbing it in to anybody's wounds, the fact that they haven't got tickets because they left it too late for ECM. Right, so, well, it remains to say thank you very much to our listener. Thank you very much to Litho Breaker for nearly guessing it. Thank you very much to Falco Took and the Hackswing Report to Atrus5060 and um, the awesome text that's sent over every week and, of course, read out for us live. Um, to Commander Ventura for pushing the buttons. To Palantir co-writing the script and uh, obviously being here on the show to amelia and flossie both of you for joining us as you always do Aww. um have i forgotten any thank yous to mr cow for taking the week off so we get to be in charge to dog's breath <laughs> for taking a mug down to the antarctic to my mum to the academy no this is the wrong kind of thank yous now isn't it i'm gonna get all tearful um so yes thank you oh and oh, of course the apology officer for missing hutton completely and then sending us some audio <laughs> recordings um, and thank you, of course, to the community for coming up with all the stupid shenanigans that they do that we watch all week so we can write some news. Other than that, um, that's it for this week. Does anybody else have any messages? Just one. Go on then. For the mug! For the mug! And now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off?